Grayson Allen's name continues to surface in trade reports, trade rumors, and we understand why. That salary is a juicy carrot potentially for the Milwaukee Bucks to make a change to the roster, but do they need to do it? And what type of player is Grayson Allen, and is he a valuable commodity to this Bucks team? We're going to walk through some of the numbers, and then we have the latest on an injury front for Milwaukee. It looks like a few big names are going to miss tomorrow or tonight's game against the Atlanta Hawks. Let's dive into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win My name's Kane Pittman. You can hear and see me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single weekday. Uh, you can do it for free, whether it's on your audio platform or on YouTube. YouTube continuing to take off for Locked On Bucks. The comment section has been going absolutely berserk. Make sure you jump on there, get involved, leave a comment. That helps us more than uh, anything you can do outside of subscribing. Make sure you've done that first and then join in the conversation. I'm doing different things on YouTube, YouTube Shorts, which I teased today's episode talking about Grace and Alan as well. Uh, so there is plenty of different ways to get involved with the show and have some fun, I hope, or tell me I'm wrong. People like doing that as well, which I always uh, appreciate. And today we are going to talk about Grayson Allen. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. As I said, Grayson Allen clearly going to be a big topic of today's show. Uh, Yahoo's, I almost said Bleacher Report, formerly of Bleacher Report, now of Yahoo, Jake Fisher, has reported that the Bucks have engaged in at least conversations with multiple teams, assessing the interest in Grayson Allen for a potential trade, obviously very early in the season. But I want to dive into that a little bit more. It's not surprising uh, for a couple of reasons, but we'll talk more about Grayson Allen in a little bit. But the Bucks are back tonight, probably as you're watching this, could be tomorrow, depending on where you are in the world. They're going to play the Atlanta Hawks again. I'm sick of the Atlanta Hawks. Two preseason games. This is the third time they've played this regular season. I have had enough of watching the Atlanta Hawks, but they're playing again. Uh, the Bucks are back at home for this one. So far, one and one on the season. And who knows? Maybe the tiebreaker means something later on in the season. So it is an important game for the Bucks. But you're going to have no Chris. You're going to have no Pat Connaughton, no Drew Holiday, no Joe Ingles, AJ Green still dealing with his nasal fracture, as they call it. But Drew Holiday is the interesting one. So Tweaked his ankle against the Hawks last time in Atlanta. Uh, the Bucks lost that game. Has had uh, around a week off already now. Uh, he will miss this game, which then the Bucks have the Cavs in a couple of nights' time, and then they go on the road in a big game against Philly on national TV. So uh, there's been no reporting. There's been no suggestion that this is a seriously sinister ankle injury. But as we've seen from time gone by, the Bucks will 
uh, make the most of any rest advantage they can get players. The good news is that Giannis is at least probable for this game with the knee. Grayson Allen, who missed the last game through illness, uh, he's probable to play. And then Marjan Bochamp surfaces on the injury report as well, just for good measure with a calf contusion. Uh, they throw in the word contusion with any injury these days. So who knows uh, if there's anything serious there. Of course, Pat Connaughton is missing with calf uh, soreness as well. So we expect Giannis will play this game against Atlanta. Uh, we'll wait and see on Grayson Allen and Marjan Bochamp. But the Bucks again, looking to take a 2-1 a series lead. There was no Trey Young last time they played. Uh, so this will be fascinating to get back home. And then they've got the Cavs who have slipped a little bit, but always a shame when Drew's not there. But with Chris and Pat, uh, we've been speculating and it's been speculation so far that I was circling the game against Philadelphia. I was circling uh, then potentially a, a really long and difficult homestand that they have after that. So at least the good news is that Pat and Chris seemingly are on the way and Giannis is going to play in this game. So that's the latest on the injury front for the Bucks. Let's talk about Grayson Allen. So Yahoo's Jake Fisher, as I said at the start of this podcast, has reported that the Bucks have at least kicked the tires with different teams and seeing if there's any interest in Grayson Allen. First of all, from a contract standpoint, $8.5 million this year, $8.5 million next year as well. So you know, in my eyes, a pretty... Pretty nice contract. It's not a huge overpay. It's decent money, but it's also good for the Bucks to be able to add this salary into a potential trade and get you to that sort of mid-salary range that the Bucks are really just don't have any other guys in that range that they would want to be trading anyway. Uh, and then you get yourself in a situation where could there be a Jordan Wara salary that's added to that? Uh, could it be George Hill? Throw some seconds in. Then you're potentially cooking with gas if there's a team that wants to make a trade later in the season. So that's the financial reasons why it's not a surprise that the Bucs would at least be doing their due diligence around the league and asking the question whether there's any interest in Grayson Allen. But I want to go through just a couple of the numbers here on today's show, a bunch of the stuff that's shooting. Because, look, I've been someone that, and I still think that Grayson Allen can be an important member of this team. Defensive questions, which we'll get to, but I think that he is one of the guys on this team, along with Javon Carter, as we've found, that has significant room for improvement in this team. And there actually is a scope for development on the defensive end because the one thing I'll say with Grayson Allen, I, I don't think that it's a lack of effort with the defensive stuff with him. We've seen other players in the past where it looks like it, there's, there's disengagement, perhaps falling asleep. I've never really thought that that was the problem. Grayson tries hard. Uh, maybe he's just not... Uh, the he doesn't have the size and maybe he doesn't have that instinct defensively that most of the players in the Bucks roster have. Let's be honest. We've been pretty lucky to watch a team that is stacked with elite defenders. So the defensive question marks are going to remain. And the other point of this is that Grayson Allen overall, when you look at it, is a pretty one-dimensional player. He shoots threes at a, at a good clip, at a, a well above average clip. And he's arguably one of the best shooters on this team. Even if he doesn't take the most difficult of threes, he, you, know, you can make a case he's the best shooter on the team. But he doesn't really do a lot else. And that's why I think it's a fascinating idea to balance the need that the Bucs have for shooting on this team up against the limitations that potentially Grayson Allen has when we get to the pointy end of the postseason. So I want to dive into these numbers next. So stick around uh, for that. So we would uh, really appreciate 
if you do that. But first of all, I want to talk about LinkedIn jobs because these days we know if you're uh, trying to find candidates for a job, you're hiring, uh, you don't want to waste any time. You want to make sure that you've got the appropriate candidates uh, for your job. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best and qualified candidates that are available. And that's why you need to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs uh, helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. And uh, all you have to do is add the job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Uh, there's a bunch of different tools you can use, screening questions. Uh, these types of things make it easy uh, to, to narrow in and focus in on the candidates that you want and uh, no one's wasting any time with this. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. Uh, you can post your job for free there. Terms and conditions apply. All right, make sure you check out Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. They've got you covered with everything that's happening around the sports world, including the Green Bay Packers in OT against the Dallas Cowboys. Even I watched this game. I watched this game. I was scrolling Twitter, feeling for a lot of our uh, Packer friends that also listen to this show. Uh, thankfully, you you were able to pull uh, that one out. Uh, yeah, made hard work of it. But a win is a win at the moment for the Packers. So shout out to all the Packers fans listening to this podcast I'm on your side. I was watching that game and very happy for all you fans of Green Bay. But the Locked On Sports Today podcast will have you covered there. All right. Here are the numbers with Grayson Allen. And I mentioned that he's a little bit of a one-dimensional player. I think he's looked to score a little bit more going to the basket so far this year. But unfortunately, and this is via NBA.com tracking data, and some of this stuff is... Yeah, you're not uh, not putting your life on on some of these data. That's for sure. There is some discrepancies with the numbers, but um, overall, it at least gives you an idea that potentially it confirms what you think you're seeing uh, on the court. So we know Grayson Allen can throw it down. He's athletic, but he hasn't had much success at all driving to the basket so far this year. So if you go and look at all the different uh, tracking data in terms of shots that he's been taking on all drives to the basket so far this season that have been accounted for Grayson Allen three uh, Grayson Allen three for 14 from the field he hasn't had much success finishing at the rim uh, on on any type of shots that are contested at all overall he's about 63 percent at the rim but some of that is uh, uncontested some of that's transition uh, but when he's been putting the ball on the floor and trying to score uh, through or around traffic it has not been uh, successful for Grayson Allen so ultimately what he's doing for you is knocking down open three. So he's attempted 54 threes so far on the season. In 50 of those 54, he's taken no more than one dribble. So he's standing there, he's coming off those handoffs, which a lot of the times he gets open. Look, whether it's attention that Drew Holiday's got as a ball handler, attention as Giannis will obviously have as a ball handler. Grayson Allen has been able to benefit from that, but 50 of his 54 attempts come with one dribble or fewer. But here's the crazy stat. Because if you think about the shots that Grayson Allen has taken in this lineup, it's wide open threes, which I think is why potentially there's some concern for the postseason. If the defenses are better, you play a team like Boston and all of a sudden they're not going on under on any screens. They're just straight up switching the action. You've got a guard in your face. He's got a hand in the air. You have to all of a sudden shoot contested threes. 
54 out of 54 attempts from three for Grayson Allen this year have been classified as open or wide open, which means that he has at least four feet of space to the nearest defender. 54 out of 54. So every single three he has attempted has been an open three. Now he's knocked them down well. 43% from above the break, 42% overall. So again, on a team where the Bucks right now are 35% from three, that's nine to, uh, 34% from three, I should say, that's 19th in the league. Grayson Allen shooting above 40% is invaluable because we know the Bucks' offense has really struggled, particularly in the half court. They haven't been great. Uh, and, and Grayson Allen being able to yeah, break down the defense on some of those plays. You can run him off the ball. Again, use those handoffs. If he can knock down open threes, that's him playing his role. That's exactly what he needs to do. But he's not creating his own shot. He's not having success putting a ball on the floor. So Grayson Allen is what he is. He's a, he's a marksman. You want him to be a shooter in this team. And I understand why there's concern about the postseason stuff. Is he playable in the second round if the Bucs play the Boston Celtics again? Is that going to be a concern? Uh, what about if they get to the NBA Finals and they, for instance, play the team like you know Golden State, whoever it is? Can he play in those matchups? I think it's questionable. But I also look at the depth on this Bucks roster and I say, okay, what what role would best suit Grayson Allen with this team in a playoff series? So I went back and looked at the numbers against Boston because without going back and watching the game, so I'm trying to use my, my memory here from uh, back in May, I thought to myself, there was no Chris Middleton. Boston, a very good defensive team. I wonder if Grayson Allen his three-point attempts all of a sudden became contested. And was he taking more difficult shots? So when I looked up the data from that series versus Boston, he took across the seven games, he took 24 three-point attempts. Again, every single one of them was open or wide open, which is fascinating because even though the Bucs were clearly struggling to generate offense, uh, Grayson Allen, the, maybe by design by the Celtics because he wasn't knocking him down. The Celtics were like, okay, well, Grayson Allen, shoot. Because here's the kicker with someone like Grayson Allen. I assume, or you have to assume, that if you have a guy like him, is the defense going to care about him in the postseason enough that if he's on the floor, you have a guy that will command the full attention of the opposition defense? Because I think this is a big problem for the Bucs. They've got guys that can knock down threes but they don't really have a shooter that puts the fear into the opposition. So Grayson Allen was five for 24 from three. On what, and they were all open or wide open, so disastrous. But we understand that the playoffs are, they're all small samples. So Grayson Allen was awesome against the Chicago Bulls and they really desperately needed it. Maybe not desperately, but they needed it. And he played really, really well. Then he had a stinker against the Boston Celtics. So did he have a stinker against the Boston Celtics, given the fact that they're all open threes? Did he have a stinker against the Celtics because of the pressure? And is that going to resurface again this season? Or was it just a couple of bad games? I don't know. That's And that's the question that if you're the Bucs, you have to ask in terms of faith of what you think Grayson Allen can do for this team. Now, the defensive limitations are interesting because if you just look up the Bucs' defensive rating overall in that series with Grayson Allen on the floor, 111.0. And when you consider the Bucks for the series were at 97, you go, gee whiz, the Bucks did not go well with Grayson Allen on the floor in that series. But I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper because there was no Chris Middleton. We've discussed the rotations a lot uh, during that series. Is it totally fair to pin the defensive struggles all on 
Grayson Allen or George Hill that's obviously become a bit of a scapegoat, uh, I would say, you know, among Bucks fans. So Grayson Allen played 51 minutes with the starters. So that was Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Drew Holiday, Wesley Matthews, and then Grayson Allen. And in those 51 minutes, the defensive rating of those guys was 97.3. So I guess here's the question for the Bucks: They don't have a lot of knockdown shooters. I still believe that Grayson Allen qualifies as a lockdown shooter. And if you look at his advanced numbers this year, when he's playing with the starters, it doesn't, it doesn't show up in the data, including that 97.3 against the Boston Celtics, that there was huge problems defensively. Again, it's a very small sample size. So then we've had a, you know, huge discussions about what do you do with the starting lineup? Who starts with this team? So I think that the, the question becomes, if you look at a playoff rotation in a series against the Celtics, for instance, can you play Grayson Allen unless he's alongside the starters? And maybe the answer is no, if he's playing with different lineup combinations that and maybe Javon Carter's in there. And I say that because there's a bit of a lack of size then with Grayson Allen, Javon Carter. The Bobby Portis minutes when he was playing alongside Lopez with Grayson Allen, they didn't go too well. So it was more about the depth of the roster. So is, and this is something that I've theorized on the offensive side of the ball, but defensively, does Grayson Allen become more playable if you just have more playoff rotation guys? So Chris Middleton, obviously in the lineup, we don't know what Joe Ingles is going to bring, but is there a world where Grayson Allen can be playable in the postseason and used as a guy that hopefully shoots better than five for 24 from three when he's playing alongside starters? And this is the question and the gamble, ultimately, that the Bucs would have to take if they if they brought Grayson Allen into the postseason. So I want to get a bit more into the idea of, of why a Grayson Allen trade makes sense, the history behind John Horst and making in-season trades, and then potentially some of the names that could come up in a, a, a Grayson Allen trade. It's still very, very early in the season. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the number one source as, uh, as everyone knows, for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Uh, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. Uh, they've got it all covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find uh, those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Now, I've referenced some of the different lines that you can get at betonline.net on multiple occasions. And one of the... Uh, lines that I was mentioning was first player in the NBA this year to score 50 points. Now, I was hoping it was going to be Giannis. He didn't quite get there. No one had done it until tonight. Darius Garland. I wonder what he was paying to get to 50 tonight, but Garland scores 50 for the Cavs. And then about an hour later, Joel Embiid goes absolutely bonkers. 59 points. He had a double-double. He had eight assists. I think he had seven blocks as well. Just an absolutely insane game from Joel Embiid as the Sixers take down the red-hot Utah Jazz. Who would have thought that that would be the case? But there's all sorts of fun stuff like that on the website, so check it out. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's keep it rolling uh, here with our trade talk. So I've gone through the salary. I've gone through some of the Grayson Allen numbers, the good and the bad. And now we just straight up ask, why would the Bucs be making the call? Well, why wouldn't they make the call? First of all, John Horst 
He's always out there. We use the name. We throw it out there, John Heist. He's always looking to be John Heist, and he is an in-season trader. Of course, he made the Drew Holiday trade. Absolute catalyst for the Bucs winning the title, but uh, the P.J. Tucker trade was a catalyst for the Bucs winning the title as well. And then he tried in 2019 with the Nikola Meritic trade. Last year, he tried with the insurance for Serge Ibaka. And then even back to 2018-19, early in the season, uh, he made a trade for George Hill. And uh, my old mate Daly and John Henson went out to Cleveland there as they were uh, starting to shuffle some salary around. So uh, point being, uh, there should be no surprise if the Bucs are absolutely aggressively making calls and seeing what's going on and assessing the market. That's John Horse simply doing his job. I just have a concern with making an early season trade because I think, you know, without seeing this team in its full capacity, I think you want to see how it all fits. I want to, unless you get some sort of crazy deal, but I think you want to see this team get healthy, play together. And perhaps the biggest question mark for this team is, uh, again, my old mate Joe Ingles, which we know uh, his recovery, a little bit up in the air when he's actually going to return to the floor, but. Yeah, we hope it's early in the new year for Joe. He's been traveling with the team. He's looking, certainly moving all well. He's he's celebrating well on the bench. So Joe Ingles coming back to this team, I think in an ideal world, if he came back in early Jan, you get around a month before the trade deadline, four or five weeks. Not ideal. You would love more time. And I think that it would be very unfair to expect Joe Ingles to come back into this team and be at his absolute best from day one, coming off an ACL at his age. That's not fair. That would be unrealistic, but at least you get a look, get a bit of a look at him because at the moment, and I'm optimistic on Joe Ingles, which say what you want. I'm optimistic about Joe Ingles, but you still need to see it a little bit. And I just wouldn't be trading your one, your key piece there in terms of salary that you can move around uh, without seeing Joe Ingles, without seeing if Chris Middleton comes back and he's healthy and Pat and all these guys. I think it's it's kind of handy to have that trade piece in the back pocket if you need it. Particularly because I, th- I think there's going to be interest in Grayson Allen. I think he's had a decent start to the season, getting a double-digit scoring, as I said, shooting the ball well uh, from the outside there. And then perhaps another point that is worth bringing up, you'll have other veteran players come available the longer the season goes, the closer it gets to the deadline. So I discussed a team like Utah. So they've got a bunch of different players. Maybe some of the vets become available in Utah. Maybe the Eric Gordon trade finally happens. Now, it'll be difficult for the Bucs to add all the pieces to get the salary to trade for some of these guys. But we see it every year. If you leave it a little bit later in the season, people become available. Who would have thought that the Bucs would have been able to trade DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson and basically... a uh, go back in the draft six or seven slots to pick up PJ Tucker. No one. At the start of the season, absolutely not. I wouldn't have even believed that deal was possible. But the Bucks were able to get it done. So they've got some seconds they can they can fling around. Uh, yeah, potentially Grayson Allen. A couple of other guys there, as we mentioned. So at the moment, I love the depth of this Bucks team. I love the look of them if they're all healthy. But who knows what happens in a couple months. Maybe the situation changes. So I know some people have said that, you know, I'm anti-trade. I'm not anti-trade. And I'm not saying no matter what happens, you have to keep all these guys and ride it into the postseason. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just hesitant to dive in and make a trade right now because it's the start of November and a hell of a lot can change by Christmas, 
by the trade deadline, things can change significantly. So I just wouldn't be rushing. But of course, it should be expected uh, that John Horst and the Bucks front officer at least making phone calls there. So uh, look, I think I've outlined some of the pros, some of the cons for what could happen with Grayson Allen. At the moment, I'm holding. I'm not making a trade yet. I would love to see Grayson Allen play with all these starters once they're back. And then as I discussed, I think the Bucks have a deep enough playoff rotation that they're in a really comfortable spot. I've discussed Jay Crowder a lot. I'm not excited by the idea of a Jay Crowder trade for a number of reasons. He's not an offensive threat. He plays predominantly the four, which, you know, that's where Giannis plays 80% of his minutes. I don't think Jay Crowder would start on this team, which doesn't seem from the outside like he would be thrilled about. Now, the potential downside, if you're worried about Jay Crowder, is that he could go to Miami and you play Miami uh, potentially later in the season and there's another body to defend. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure about the fit. I'm not convinced at this point in time and I wouldn't be giving away arguably your best shooter for that. I think if there is a trade down the line, I think the Bucks need another guard. I think there's questions at the guard position and I would be looking uh, there rather than potentially... Uh, looking to add an Ella forward. I think the Bucks are pretty covered. I think they're an elite defense. I know you can never have en- enough defense, but I think they're looking pretty solid as long as everyone can come back and be healthy. But we're going to find out over the next couple of months. So that's my take on the Grayson Allen situation. Not surprised that it's come up, but I would just hold for now. But make sure you let me know what you think the Bucks should be doing. Uh, would you be doing this right now? Would you be rushing? Are you desperate for Jay Crowder? Are you desperate for any other vets out there? Drop some names. Drop some names in the YouTube comments of guys that you're potentially looking at. And let's keep the conversation going over on YouTube. Of course, don't forget to subscribe and share and all those things uh, with the show, particularly on YouTube. We're building a really nice community over there at the Locked On Bucks YouTube page. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. I spend uh, most of my nights over here in Australia scrolling YouTube and, uh, and seeing what the people think. So make sure you join me on there and have some fun. Tomorrow, Bucks, Hawks, 7 p.m. Central Time. We'll be here for a post-game show after the game. Hopefully, Giannis is back. No Drew and Chris. Hopefully, they're not far away, but we'll be back for the post-game show. My name's Kane Pittman. Thank you very much for watching today. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.